0: Welcome back. Wayne McCurry from f Wealth and Investments joins us with your analysis on what's playing itself out on the market scene. Wayne, it's always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Thank you. Wayne, let's talk about the upbeat uh, sentiments on markets today, green screens all around at the JSC, as well as EU markets. What could be driving uh, this performance this afternoon?
1: Look, I think there's a growing realisation worldwide that inflation is probably... On its way continues on its way down, and I suppose more importantly, that interest rate increases are probably no longer on cards. Maybe in euro, an interest rate increase, but when you look at the data worldwide and you look at the sentiments, surely, surely in the last day or day or two. The sentiment has improved, and we're seeing that right across the board. The ran stronger. A lot of the mining shares have recovered quite significantly over the last couple of days. So it's just a change in sentiment. Of course, the Federal Reserve chairman is going to give a big speech tonight or tomorrow, and he'll be as bearish as normal. But the data so far actually shows that interest rates could very well be at their peak, and the next major move is down, and the market likes that.
0: I must also ask you, Wayne, about uh, NVIDIA. Uh, NVIDIA has released a set of numbers, and I'm very concerned. I think we could be in a bit of an NVIDIA bubble. I'm wondering if I'm being a little bit pessimistic about it.
1: Look, it's quite possible you are in a bubble. But understand, this is not like the dot-com bubble of 20-odd years ago. Mm -hmm. The company is making profits. So the only thing that happened is the share price might fall. But then you should be buying something. I mean, it's not as though the company itself is a bubble, it's just the share price that could possibly be in a bubble. As with many other AI stocks, there's, you know, the market does this. It loves a certain sector. It pushes the share prices up too high. The share prices can come off. But if there is an underlying good growing business, which certainly seems to be the case with NVIDIA and others, then that's the opportunity to buy. I think it's too expensive to buy now, mm-hmm. but if we do get, I don't know, twenty percent, thirty percent price weakness, it'll actually be a very strong buy.
0: Let's also talk about uh, PMIs coming out of the UK and the EU. Both of them uh, going in the negative direction. Away, and it's just just you know further confirmation of the economic downturn we are seeing in that part of the world. In the UK, probably more than the EU.
1: Yes, UK is probably doing worse than than the, than the EU is. But look, this is a cycle, and at the bottom of the cycle, don't ever expect to hear good news. All the news you will hear will be negative. But of course, if if I'm right and interest rates are at their peak and the next major move is down, the situation will look a lot more positive in two years' time, and that's what the stock market anticipates. So this is the thing that many people don't understand about the stock market: mm-hmm. the stock market ref- the stock market reflects what it thinks what it thinks. Will be in case in place in two years' time. In other words, the market always looks forward. So people ask, "Hey, but there's such bad news out today, but the stock market went up." Stock market's not driven that much by today's news. It's driven by, where are we going to be in two years' time? So you get built in two years' time, you'll we'll see improving PMI, you'll we'll see improving GDP and falling inflation, mm-hmm. and that's what the markets discounting.
0: I'd also like to look at some company results coming out today, a workforce holdings a staffing company, uh, their profits down 88%. It is a bit of a shock uh, simply because, uh, I mean, we do know that we are seeing a high unemployment in South Africa, but that number has actually fared a better uh, over the last few uh, quarters, uh, you know, Wayne. I'm just wondering here what it could be about the staffing sector uh, that is battling, uh, that is seeing an 88% plunge uh, in earnings there.
1: Yeah, look, when, when you read their results, it's not a good-looking picture at all, unfortunately. You know, they, they give the normal reasons, low shedding, lack of economic growth. But, you know, when you've got such high unemployment in South Africa, people don't shift jobs. You know, they want to keep their jobs, and they, they're having a very, very difficult time in this particular sector of the market. And you can clearly see that in their results.
0: Very, very oblique picture there. Let's talk South 32, another uh, miner, of course. Away, commodity prices down. South 32, uh, you know, uh, revenues down. Makes complete sense. Uh, nothing untoward here.
1: No, it's mm-hmm. absolutely normal. Once again, you're getting this from virtually all commodity companies. The, the one, the one exception is a couple of gold mining shares are actually showing a slightly different picture as we saw yesterday. But the the, the, the broader commodities that are into base metals, copper, oil, etc. Uh, iron ore they're all showing very poor results and of course the platinum shares as well but that's the cycle mm-hmm. you know um, if you take platinum in particular the cost of production is more or less at the market price or even slightly higher than the market price and that always seems to be a turning point of the cycle is that if you make a loss when you produce something you mm-hmm. just stop producing and that ultimately leads to a higher price mm-hmm then throw in slightly better demand because of lower interest rates going forward. Now's the time you should be buying the resources.
0: There are quite a few companies that have, uh, you know, in their outlook and in their guidance, really uh, pinned their recovery on China. Now, South 32 yes. is one of them. Aware, I'm just wondering here, uh, you know, if it is a realistic uh, way to guide the economy right now, just considering uh, that we keep seeing uh, data coming out of China that isn't uh, very convincing um, and that yeah. it is, uh, you know, something that investors uh, can see as well. Um, I'm just wondering if it's a, the right way to be guiding, uh, you know, investors.
1: Well, look, mining companies and resource companies have been dependent on China for 20 years. So it's not new that their, their fortunes are almost dictated to by, by China's fortunes. But look, it's once again a cycle. China is going through a slump now because high debt levels in within China, but maybe more importantly... The economies that they export to the US, the UK, and Europe aren't doing well under high interest rates. So their exports are down. And that still is still a major growth engine for China. It's not as big as it used to be. Domestic consumption is now also a major factor in China. But if the world's economy picks up over the next two years, China will also pick up. And the Chinese government still has the ability to actually push some more, uh, uh, stimulation into that economy, but you hear exactly the same news at the bottom of every commodity cycle. Mm-hmm. You heard it in from 2011 through to 2014. You heard it in 2002. You heard it in 1993. This is the exact same news you hear at the bottom of the cycle, and what you hear is, oh, things are really tough. But of course, they're tough here at the bottom of the cycle.
0: Well, Wayne, uh, before I let you go, uh, before we head to our stock picks, rather, I'm keen to also get your thoughts on a China spillover in terms of deflation. I have read some very interesting articles this week coming out of the global media about the fears that the deflation picture in China could trickle into emerging markets and then, uh, you know, be more widespread. Do you think there's a chance of this happening at all?
1: Well, there's no chance of deflation in South Africa. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, But... uh, yeah, the deflation is always, always a worry. Look, it's one month's figure. Eh? It's one month's figure. So, you know, it hasn't been around for three years. as But it is a worry. You know, the problem with deflation is debt. If you've got lots of debt and you've got deflation, it means your income is going down each year. And your debt doesn't reduce... By inflation, your debt stays constant. So if there's too much deflation around, you get into a massive debt squeeze. Mm-hmm. The chances of this coming out of China going into the rest of the world is very, very small.
0: Well, and Abkins, uh, get your stock picking a bit. But first, uh, let's take a look at some of the counters that your industry peers are reflecting on.
1: Adcox, good results, cheap price, good dividend, nice products, reasonable value buy.
2: Uh, the stock pick is Lockheed Martin. It's the uh, the largest uh, defense contractor in the U.S. Uh, in the Last 12 months, it's done around 67 billion in revenue. Uh, it is down 7% in dollar terms year to date versus the S&P 500 up up about 14.5%. So it's it's almost a, a return to mean trade. It, it's cheap compared to its uh, a lot of the other aerospace and, and engineering companies. Only trading on about 16 times historic earnings, um, and it's really it's it's I suppose a, quite a unique proposition for for South African investors. Certainly, it's it's a way Way to get involved in the, in the space economy. Uh, they've just been awarded contracts uh, by NASA to build a nuclear-powered uh, spaceship. Uh, and this is things that we just can't get access to, to, to in the local markets. So it, it largely doesn't have competition in, in, in the space economy space. There's strong free cash flows. And I suppose the, the one concern that, that many clients ask us when, when we kind of recommend something like Lockheed Martin is. But if you're just betting on the U.S. military industrial complex, how, how much are you actually going to be able to generate as a shareholder? Uh, so just, just to give you an idea, over the last five years, it's been a little bit more lackluster. So it's it's up 60% in dollar terms versus S&P 500 up 67%. So marginally behind the S&P 500. But if you take that that time period out just a little bit and you look at the the, the total return performance, remember it's a, it's a dividend-paying stock as well. Um, over the last 10 years, it's up 381% versus an S&P 500. That's only up 221%. So certainly you you might uh, have the U.S. government as your biggest client, but they really don't mind rewarding shareholders as well. So worth adding to a portfolio. So we've recently uh, put Anheuser-Busch, we've replaced that with Mondi in a number of our portfolios. We think that the self-help story for Anheuser-Busch is quite high. Volumes in, the, in America in particular have come under huge pressure, and uh, we think that could turn around, and their balance sheet's looking a lot better. They're under new management, so it's not going to blow the lights out. It's more of a steady-eddy sort of beer consumer play, um, but it's a nice range, hedge, and we like it at these levels.
0: All right, Wayne, yesterday uh, you reflected on Adcock King to get your thoughts on that. Lockheed Martin as well as ABN Bev were those picks.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I don't know who that character was that recommended (laughs) Adcock's but It actually looks reasonably cheap (laughs) at this level. And in fact, something I didn't consider last night (laughs) is that that Bitvest might actually make a play for the part of the company it doesn't own. I mean, they had... Adcock hasn't been their best investment, mm-hmm. but certainly the results that came out yesterday shows that there has been a turnaround there. And this is a very low rating. The share's got a very low rating. So in fact, they might even bid vest might even consider, you know, upping their stake or even delisting the company and buying everyone out. Mm-hmm. So Lockheed Martin, it's very, very difficult to these. These companies are cyclical. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to predict the future and what they're going to do there and the state of the of the defence force and where they're going to export to and how they're going to do it, I'm not an expert on that, so I, I'd rather reserve comment on on Lockheed Martin, mm-hmm. SAB in Bev. I actually agree with the commentation, uh, with the recommendation in that it's not going to shoot the lights out, but it's a good solid company. You know, they've got they way overpaid for SA Breweries, and it took taken them multiple years to actually try and work through that debt and that decision that they've taken but there is the chance of recovery in in the u.s market you know people have swung away from beer a little bit but that's also cyclical that will probably also turn back to beer so i do agree with sab not not terribly exciting but a, a good solid company that you're getting at a reasonable price
0: all right what is your stock pick for today
1: well, look, I mean, we've been actually looking around this this morning, and the SA retailers look incredibly cheap. They really do. So maybe, maybe Mr. Price go in there and actually try it out. But Anglovon Industries AVI also looks okay. But I think I'll stick with Mr. Price.
0: Well, Wayne, it's always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. That was your midday markets update with Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments.